0: Thank you for joining us for episode number three. My name is Cody Spencer with the Uproar Conference, and you're about to hear Maddie Montgomery share, and he has an amazing testimony. God has used him in mighty ways, and we were blessed to have him here. One of the resounding things that he laid with us and left with us is as simple as this. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. You want to make sure you listen to the entire episode. Share it with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and check out the the upper.org on social media or the website have a great time listening to this amazing message glory listen every eye closed. i want you to engage the father right now release a sound from inside of you Said just say father come father come father come we don't want just another service we don't want just another conference we don't want just another song, God. We we don't want we don't want to settle for atmosphere, God. We want Your presence. We want Your presence. We want Your presence, God. Would You come and work in our hearts, God? Come and work in our minds. Come and work in our lives, God. Right now, come and bring transformation, Father. Come, Father. Come, Father. Come, Father. Come. Would You come right now, God? So, thank You, Yahweh. You are holy glorious and you are beautiful and you are magnificent and you are wonderful and you are worthy 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 you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy you are seek Him, I promise you will find Him. Because every, every moment of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of your life, if you will seek Him, you will find Him. There's always more to be found. There's always more of Him to be known. There's always more of Him to be seen. And what a great tragedy it would be if we showed up to a conference and thought that was it. I'm telling you every day of your life for the rest of your time on earth the desire of God is to take you up to heights you could not imagine and leave you stunned and undone over and over and over Hallelujah Listen, I want you to just close your eyes and lift up your hands, please We're going to pray together tonight Holy Father We need you We didn't come here just to talk about you. We came here to encounter you. So we say yes to every plan, every dream that you had for this night. I ask you, Father, would you have mercy on us? And in your mercy, would you come and visit us tonight? Come and encounter us tonight. Come and transform us tonight. Over lies here tonight, that freedom will prevail over captivity tonight, that life will prevail over death tonight, that health will prevail over sickness tonight, that light will prevail over darkness, that Jesus will win tonight. I want to do something a little bit different tonight. Can we do that? Oh, so you got to say something. Can we do that? All right, all right. We're going to do something a little bit different. I don't want you to go back to your seat. I want to be close enough to jump down and lay hands on you if the the urge strikes me. So we're just going to stay right where we're at, okay? I'm not going to preach for real long. Um, This is not a spectator thing, right? We're in this pursuit together. I'm going after the Father and you're going after the Father. Let's link arms and just go after the Father right now. Is there a place I could set this somewhere? Oh. Um Into the band. Hey, thanks, man. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, y'all bless me. Wow. Um, so will somebody at least stay for keys? Um, but other than that, y'all can take a breather. Thank you so much for your ministry. Love you guys. Uh-huh. So listen, my name is Maddie, and uh, and I flew up here for this. Of all the places in the world that I could fly up to, I flew up to Elmira, New York. <laughs> now, I, I, I want to tell you this, and maybe this sounds really deep and prophetic, but I, I want to tell you that it's not. And I believe this, I believe that God intends to release himself in this city in a more substantial way than he ever has before. And if that's not really deep and prophetic, then what is that, Maddie? How do you know that? Can I tell you why? Because I, I read somewhere in a book that there will be no end to the increase of his kingdom and his peace. And so that means, that means that what God is doing tonight is greater than anything he's ever done before. And what God intends to do tomorrow is greater than anything you could imagine tonight. So what we're after is increase. Listen, I know that maybe many of you have been to church before and you've been to conferences before and you've been to services before, but, uh, but what I've found, you can keep playing. Hi, Nick. Love you. Um. You know, I know that many of you have, have, have done this stuff, right? You know the routine. I come and yell about Jesus for a few minutes, and everybody runs up front, and we all cry and hug each other, and then we talk about how we were changed, and we go right back to our sin when we leave. But this is something different tonight. We're after something different tonight. We're after something real tonight. Because I have good news for you. You really can follow God with no compromise. You really can. And I know that you maybe have never seen it ever in your life, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. It just means that nobody around you has what God wants to give you. Because I believe, listen, that, that, that when Jesus hung on the cross, what was released to us is a thing that we call grace. Now, the Bible says that grace empowers us to say no to ungodliness and to live an upright and godly life in this present age now that's good news for you and that's good news for me because that means that I don't have to live like the Christians I grew up with that means that I don't have to live like the pastors I I watched when I was in high school like the hypocritical Christians that are the excuse of every atheist I've ever met. The people that, that that the rest of the world looks at and says, those people claim to follow God. There must not be a God in that church. Those people are not my standard. Jesus is. Those people are not my destination. They are not my pursuit. Jesus is. I need you to understand something. I didn't come here to represent the church. I came here to represent the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For so long, for so long, our generation has settled for entertainment when we've been invited to encounter. Listen to that. Our generation has settled for entertainment when we've been invited to encounter. We'll settle for another conference with a cool light show and, and fog and lasers and a cool band where the preacher has a tall tee on, some $200 shoes, right? But uh, but what we've been invited to is to a throne room encounter, into a face to a fa- face-to-face. Ephesians 3 says that in Christ and through faith in Him, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. What? We can approach God. Let me say that again. We can approach God with freedom and confidence. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I'm after. I grew up in church hearing about God, talking about God, singing about God, reading about God. And nobody ever told me, Maddie, you can approach him. You can encounter him. You can engage him face to face. And so if no one's ever told you, I've got good news for you. The blood of Jesus wasn't enough just for you to go to heaven when you die. The blood of Jesus was enough for you to have free access to the Father. Just, I really believe that just even a few minutes ago, Holy Spirit gave me something that is for you. Is that all right? You guys can stay standing or kneel or sit or do whatever you want to do. I'm going to stay standing. I don't know about y'all. But um, God asked me a question recently as I was studying Scripture. He said, He said, Maddie, what were the two biggest issues with Adam after the fall? Now, I don't know how many of you are nerdy Bible kids like me, but I, I love the Word of God, and so I get into this thing often. And um, and in Genesis 3, we have a story that we call the fall of man. This is the original sin, and I'm going to go through this real fast, and we're going to get after encounter. We're going to get after deliverance, because I really believe that there's a grace for that in here today. That what really what's going to happen... Is, is that so many of us, even within the church, we live our lives based on false pretenses established in our mind by the, the, the enemy in his legions. And so we, we try to live our lives in the church with these demonic mindsets, thinking that uh, when we die, we'll be free from it. But the good news of the gospel is that in him, you can be free tonight. So let you know, let demons do what demons um, are going to do when Jesus walks in the room. You know, maybe you haven't read the whole Bible. I've read the whole Bible. Um, Demons don't argue with Jesus. Maybe you thought that was in a part you hadn't read yet. It's not. Demons don't argue with Jesus. He doesn't wrestle with them, right? It's not a struggle for him. If demons even talk to him, they beg him for mercy. i got to change the way you think about this stuff. How can you be a Christian and be afraid of the devil? Jesus wins. Glory, glory, glory. So listen to this, you know the story, right? Adam and Eve are in the garden and everything is good and everything's right and everything's peaceful. And God says this, you can have dominion over everything except for this. This one tree in the middle of the garden called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, the day that you eat the fruit of that tree, you will surely die. And so, uh, so as, as, as you know the story, right? The serpent says to Eve, he says, you will not surely die. God knows that in the day you eat of, of that fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Now, this is such an interesting thing to me, right? Because God says in just what, one one chapter or or two chapters before that, he says this, he says, let us make man in our image to be like us. And then he begins to create mankind in his image. And then in the garden, Eve says, no, 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 I can't eat the fruit of that tree. And, And the devil says this, he says, no, if you eat it, it'll make you like God. But my Bible said that Eve was already like God. So here, I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. There is not anything more you need to do to become who you already are. And this is the scheme of the enemy is to try to make you earn something that has been freely given. To try to make you earn something that God had built into you from the beginning. That's not what I'm supposed to talk about. So the woman sees that the tree is good for food and it's pleasant to the eye and the tree is desirable to make one wise and she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. They knew they were exposed. So they did something. They sewed fig leaves together to, to make for themselves offerings, to, the, uh, the, to, to make for themselves coverings, right? They're, 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 they're suddenly ashamed of how exposed they are. Isn't that sometimes what happens in the presence of God? (laughs) That something happens and we become suddenly aware of just how exposed we are. We become suddenly aware of just how broken we really are. We become suddenly aware of just how afraid and just how pathetic and just how lost and just how selfish and just how arrogant and just how perverse and just how crooked we really are. And so we do what Adam and Eve did they? We we run away. Listen to this. It says this, and they they heard the sound of Yahweh Elohim, the Lord God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. They ran away. They hid themselves think about this think about this every person that i've ever met muslim atheist buddhist wiccan christian no matter what kind of background they came from every satanist i've ever met no one has ever argued with me over the fact that they are a sinner there's not one person on the face of planet earth that is not aware of their own desperate need for help but but every one of us has a choice we can we can have our own depravity exposed and we can run to God and say, "Help me." We can do what King David did and say, "And say, I, I know my sin, but cast me not away from Your presence, oh Lord. Take not Your Holy Spirit from me." Or we can do what Adam did, and we can run away. Listen, I want you to know that that is where most of the world lives their life. There. Aware of their own sin. They're very acutely aware of their own depravity. They know that they're broken and they know that they're hopeless and they know that they're hurting, but they run away from God because God is holy and I am not. Because God is pure and I am not. And maybe they think, oh, I don't deserve him. Maybe they think, oh, he would never accept me. And what happens is the enemy He will always try to take two moments if you give him one. Let me explain it like this. If you, the devil, will try to take the first moment with temptation. And if you succumb to that temptation, he'll take the second moment with shame. He'll offer you that pornographic website. He'll offer you that six-pack of beer. He'll offer you that girl. He'll offer you that music, that movie. And then as soon as you take it, he'll turn around and say, how could you? You know better than this. How dare you live like this? You don't deserve the love of God. You don't deserve the presence of God. You don't deserve to be used by God. But I've got good news. Jesus disagrees. He runs and hides just like most of the world, just like most of your family members and most of your friends and most of your classmates. He runs and he hides from this holy God because he becomes suddenly very aware of just how unholy he is. And it says this in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, it says this: Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Now let me keep going, and I'm gonna come back. It's, He said, he called to Adam and said, where are you? So he, Adam, said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then he said, this is is God speaking, and then he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Just about a, a month ago, God began to speak to me about something out of this passage that I'd never noticed before. And it's this. And if you remember anything about this message, I think this is kind of the central part of it, that there were two questions that God asked to Adam. And this is where I'm going to hang my hat for the night. This is it. There are two questions that God asked to Adam in the garden. And those questions are, where are you? And who told you? Where are you? Everybody say, where are you? I say, who told you? Those are the questions that we have to wrestle with if we're ever going to be redeemed by God. Those are the questions that we have to face if God will ever do His work or or have His way in our life or through our life. Because the first question is this, we, we run away from God because we're ashamed and we're embarrassed and, and we're disgusted and and, and, and and we're broken. And we're suddenly so aware of our own misery, our own miserable state of, of, of depravity, right? We run away from God. And his question is this, where are you? He's God, though. It's not like he didn't know. It's not like Adam had done a good enough job hiding himself that God really didn't know where he was, the the question I think comes from a relational standpoint. The question comes from a dimensional standpoint. As God asks this question, where are you? He's saying, Adam, you used to be in fellowship with me, but where are you now? Because, listen to this, listen to this, because your position will always determine your purpose. Let me say that again. Your position Will always determine your purpose where you are in life will determine what you do with your life that's why that, that verse i quoted just a few minutes ago in ephesians 3 it says in christ and through faith in him we can approach god with freedom and confidence that is a positional phrase in christ in jesus so we could be in him jesus talks about the holy spirit he says he says that you should remain in jerusalem until you are clothed in power from on high that that might be something that we not we don't just touch we don't just explore we don't just learn about it would be something that we jump into this is a positional word because you have to understand that if you are still in the world you cannot lay hold of the promises of god If you are still in your sin, you cannot lay hold of the promises of God for your life. If you are still in compromise. But this is the dream of Christ. This is the heart cry of Jesus in John chapter 17. This is Jesus in the garden by himself in John 17, the night before he's crucified, pouring his heart out to his father. And of all the things he could ask him for, right, he gets down and he says, he says, Father, I, I pray for everyone who would ever believe in me. He says, I pray that they would be in me and I in them. He says, Father, I pray that they would be in me Just as I am in you, the heart of Jesus is that we would be restored to our proper position. Because the the, the question that God is posing you tonight is this: where are you? Are you just in high school and so there's no purpose for your life? Are you still in sin? or in compromise and so you're convinced that god couldn't use you you need to listen i declare right now that that demonic lie is broken off the world doesn't need perfect people the world needs jesus this is not about you this this revolution this revival that god is releasing in our time it's not about you doing good enough that everyone is impressed with your morality and they decide to follow Jesus. It's about Jesus being made manifest, the power and the presence and the glory and the goodness of Christ being put on display for a generation that doesn't even believe He exists. Where are you? Where are you? God, I'm speaking to souls right now. Where are you? Where are you? I remember when I formed you in your mother's womb. I remember the dream I held in your heart. Where are you? I remember walking with you in the cool of the day. I remember sharing my heart with you. I remember whispering my dream into your ear just as I released you into the earth. Where are you? says this he says well no 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 I just I can't walk with you anymore I ruined it God I made a mistake I he told me not to eat from the fruit of this tree and, and I messed it up God I I'm responsible for this and I I can't walk with you anymore he said I, I knew that I was naked and I I was ashamed and so I went and, and I hid. And listen to this statement. God, like a loving father, he bends down and he says, who told you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were exposed? Who told you that you should be ashamed of yourself? I need you to get this. I need you to to let God speak right now into your heart. Who told you that you're a cutter? Who told you that because you're a a victim of abuse, you're too broken to have a, a wonderful marriage and a strong walk with God? Who told you that your relationship with your drug addict parent can't be restored? Who told you that That you have to just sit down and shut up about your faith? Who told you that that because of the mistakes of your past, you've disqualified yourself for the glory of your future? Who told you that you're too broken to be fixed? Who told you you're too lost to be found? Who told you? Man, I remember the, the first moment that God ever touched my life. I'd grown up in church, and it wasn't until the week that I turned 19 years old. I sat on the the, the steps of my college dorm by myself and the presence of God fell on me and I sat there and I I just shook and I wept in his presence in his love and and, and I knew that, that none of this was because of my own qualification I'd done nothing to deserve this I'd done nothing to provoke this other than seek and God said "Maddie, I want to use you to enlighten the world and I said no 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 you have to find somebody else you know what I've done. You're God. You know the mistakes that I've made. I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm far too weak to be used by you. And he said, yeah, but my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And I said, but, but God, you can't use me. You have to use somebody else. I'm so afraid. And he said, yes, but perfect love casts out fear. I came to tell you that if the enemy has said to you that what you've done has disqualified you for what you were designed to do that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word tonight I came to tell you that the precious blood of the lamb that the enemy might say that you're broken but the blood of the lamb says that that you are a new creation the old has gone and all things have been made new you might in your heart you might be thinking no, no no but i'm a i'm a i'm a pervert i'm a porn addict i'm a fornicator I, i'm a selfish person i'm a manipulator i use people for my own gain but i came to tell you that to all who receive him to those who believe in his name he gave the right to become children Got two little boys at home, two amazing little boys. They're they're four and five years old. Their names are Kai and Caleb. And um. In just uh, maybe a month or two ago, I was I was tucking my boys into bed, and um. And and I I tucked my four year old in. And uh, and I said, Hey, buddy, God loves you so much. And and he sat up and he said, God loves me. And I said, Yeah. And he said, How? Which is an amazing question because, right, we hear God loves you so much. And we say it to waitresses. We say, God bless you, right? It's just white noise in in our American culture. My son didn't question the fact that God loves him, but he wanted to know how that love was put on display. And I said, you want to know how God loves you? He said, yeah. And I said, do you really want to know how God loves you? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, get up. And he, he was laying in bed, and he sort of started to smile, and he and he crept toward the edge of his bed, and I said, get up, come on, I'm going to show you how God loves you. And he, he's, he stood up, and he's giggling now. He's got the cutest smile, he's the best. And, uh, and he's giggling, and I said, are you ready? My wife is standing behind me, she doesn't know what I'm going to do, I'm weird. And uh, my other son is sitting there, and they're watching this. And I got down on my knee, and I said, son, are you really ready to see how? And when he said that, I wrapped my arms all the way around him. And I picked him up and I spun him around. And I said, boy, I love you so much. I love you. You're amazing. And you're beautiful. And I made you this way. Because I want the whole world to see who you are. I love you. I love you. I love you. There is no one like you, my son. Boy, he's got this silly giggle and he's just belly laughing as I spin him around the room and I yell about how amazing he is, and there's no one like him. And then I set him back down and I said, You get it? And he said, Yep. <laughs> and he jumped back into bed. <laughs> I want to tell you tonight. We have to wrestle with this question of who told us because we can so get it into our heads right? That that we are sinners and that's who we are. But the blood of Jesus can make you a son. Make you a daughter of the King. And that's a different person. That's a different person. That's a different position, right? Remember we were talking about where are you? That's a different position. The Bible says that we've been if if we've received Christ as our King, that we've been raised up with Him and seated with Him in heavenly places. That's a change of position. Where are you? Who told you? I think we've got to be brave enough to ask ourselves those questions about everything in our life. We have to ask ourselves those questions about the way we look at ourselves. Who told you you're too fat? Who told you your family's too poor? Who told you you're not smart enough? Who told you that the mistakes of your past are the thing that will define your future, friend? I want to tell you the blood of Jesus is the thing that will define your future. The freedom of God is the thing that will define your future. And the desire of your heavenly Father is to pick you up and spin you around Kiss you all over and say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There is no one like him. I could feel it all day today, right? That there are these, these demonic lies that have wrapped their talons around the minds of people in this room. And you've been in church and you've been running forward for altar calls and you've been singing about God and talking about God and reading about God, but you don't actually believe it because you think it's for the person next to you and not for you. Because you think that you burned that bridge when you slept with her because you think that you burned that bridge when you had that abortion because you think that you burned that bridge when you started cutting yourself you think that it's your sin is too fresh because you did it this morning and God doesn't want to set you free from it until you have six weeks sober Mm-mm. today is the day of salvation now is the appointed time I came to tell every demon in this city that Jesus wins Jesus wins. They don't have any right to speak to the sons. They don't have any right to speak to the sons. They don't have any right to try to convince you of who you are. Only Jesus has that place. So listen, I want y'all to stand up, please. want you to lay your hands on the person in front of you. Just grab a shoulder. You know what? Listen, if, if you're up here and you realize that there are things in your life that you've let move you out of position. That you've you've, con, you've been convinced that you're you're too in sin to be used by God or in compromise to be used by God. You've let things redefine your identity and reestablish your position. And tonight you want to you you want to make Jesus the focal point of your existence. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and wave it at me right now. Glory, glory to God, glory to God. You don't want to be a sinner anymore. You want to be a son. Keep your hands up high. Don't hide. Don't hide this. This is what you were born for. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, make sure Make sure that every person with a hand up has, has hands laid on them right now. Glory, glory, glory. And I want you guys to declare something with me with strength, okay? I want you to say it like you believe it. Say this with me. Say, in Jesus' name, I declare freedom. For this person, I declare every chain of captivity is broken off of their mind, of their heart, of their body, that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in this vessel, that the fire of God would fall and consume it all so that Jesus might live in this life. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout, amen. Hallelujah! 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 Lift up your voices. Let me hear your voices. Somebody, release the sound of free people. Release the sound of free people. Release the sound of free people here in Elmira, New York. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Jesus wins again. Oh, Hallelujah. Who told you? Jesus. Who told you you were saved? Who told you you were free? Who told you you were beloved? Oh, who told you you were powerful? Who told you you were accepted? Who told you you were delivered? Who told you you were free from your past? Who told you you were redeemed? Somebody shout, Jesus! Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him because he is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you for listening. Absolutely powerful and challenging message. We love Maddie. Go ahead and give him a follow for today, Maddie. And while you're on there, retweet this, send it out to your friends, and get ready for the next episode.